heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number five of the YWC Football Talk podcast. Um, like episode two, I'm flying solo today. Um, I didn't really have any intentions of recording. I shouldn't say I didn't have any intentions of recording. You know what? I had intentions of recording. I just didn't realize when I was going to do it or whatnot, as I can uh, look at myself in the, in the window because I'm a bit of a narcissist that way. But anyway... Um, I'm here today, basically solo. I'm going to get people back next week for when we look at the Super Bowl. And also to do a season back. Because honestly, how much time can you spend on talking on one game and one game by itself? So, episode 6 is going to be a look back at the 2019 season. 2019 playoffs too. And also to a look at the Super Bowl because it will be that uh, Sunday. But for now, we have a pathetic Pro Bowl and the Royal Rumble coming up this week. Yes, I'm still going to talk. I'm not going to talk wrestling. I'm going to mention it because why? This podcast has name of it of YouTube Wrestling Community. That's what the YWC stands for, for those of you who are not familiar with it. So I just wanted to get out, out, out of my head, off my hands, or whatever. But, you know what? Episode 6 will be that, and then also too, episode 7 will be the Super Bowl recap, the depressing times when we realize, oh crap, there's no more football, and also too, when we do realize this fact of we're going to look at the offseason projections of where we think people are going to go. And also, too, I'm going to start looking more into the draft because the first uh, draft rankings came out today from uh, Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network, which I think Tom Shea, Mel Kuyper, seriously, you know what they did? Early projections. Now is when you start getting into the legit projections because you get a feel of who's coming out of school and who's actually going to be entering the NFL draft, which it's, it is the same thing. But anyway, uh, that's just a quick brief cap on that. Uh, let's get into Sunday, which we had two games, which they were good games, but at the same time, too, I felt like there were better games overall in the divisional round. Like, we had the fireworks that was Houston, Kansas City, Baltimore, Tennessee was a shocker, we had Minnesota, San Fran, which I felt like the one game was Minnesota, San Fran, we'll get into that in a second, and also do Green Bay, Seattle, it was exciting. Um, but first, just to talk quickly about uh, the AFC Championship game, we have the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Tennessee Titans, which I can't even... I can't even remember the score off the top of my head. Like, I remember that the Kansas City Chiefs obviously won this game. They're going to be in Miami in a couple weeks, which... Uh, let's look at this. Postseason. Postseason. The NFL playoffs. The NFL playoffs, everybody. As I vamp for your attention. With the Kansas City Chiefs winning by a score of 20... Of, I'm supposed to say 25 to... 34. Um, 35 to 24, they beat Tennessee. The thing with Kansas City is... You, we all know they're legit. We all know they're a good team this year. The big difference maker, last year it took them a while. I remember the AFC Championship game to wake up. It was just the Patriots coming out and dominating them. The fact, too, that you had guys like Sorensen making plays, it was, sure, you have Kansas City with all these big-time playmakers, but at the same time, too, you know what? You have the guys that are stepping up for them. Uh, you had Sammy Watkins who had a day. That was the thing, too. Like um, If you just look at, like, the stats from that game, it was just one of those things where you look at it and you're like, I can't believe that happened. Like, let's see here. Um, that's also the first, you know, first, that's also on a side note too, the first AFC Championship game since 2002 not to feature either Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, or Tom Brady. Uh, just to look at everything here. Like, the Titans go out to an early lead. You know what? They make it 3 nothing. Then they go up 10 nothing. But then Tyreek Hill comes back. 
gets an eight-yard touchdown reception from Patrick Mahomes, make it 10-7. But then when they ran that play with Dennis Kelly, I'm thinking, okay, you know what? Usually when they're throwing out trick plays like this, they're pushing it. They're going all in on the table. It's looking good. 17-7. But you know what happens next? Tyree Kill, 20-yard touchdown pass from Mahomes, making 17-14 with 4-0-3 left. The biggest killer where I knew at this exact moment that the Kansas City Chiefs were not losing this game, when Patrick Mahomes had that ridiculous 27-yard touchdown run like he was just like like just the way he was like moving his body and getting around defenders like it was like oh my oh my god moment because then after that too you have the fourth quarter no score in the third quarter Danny Williams comes out with a three-yard touchdown run then Sammy Watkins had that 60-yarder and then the Tennessee Titans brought it within 11 but after that point it was pretty much game over the the one drive and just like that the Kansas City Chiefs win the Lamar Hunt trophy um the one thing that really interests me about this trophy is that the fact I know it's named after the former owner of the Kansas City Chiefs Lamar Hunt but a lot of the times, too, in sports, you see teams with the Eastern Conference, or in this case, the um, AFC Championship Trophy, and just kind of like, like in the NHL, they don't touch the Camel Trophy and the Prince of Wales Trophy. The fact, too, that they were celebrating as big as they did, I was like kind of skeptical of it, just because it's like, guys, I understand, you won the AFC Championship, you got to be thinking big picture here. Like, as a New England Patriots fan, yeah, I'm guilty of this. You know what, the AFC Championship to us... That's just another step. Like, we just take it, celebrate it, and you know what? It's on to the Super Bowl. Seeing Kansas City celebrate was cool and all, but at the same time, too, it's like, guys, you got to remember, you're not just playing for the AFC Championship. You're playing for, like, uh, you're playing for more than that. Which I, I'm not coming out here saying, yeah, Kansas City's going to get their asses whooped in the Super Bowl, but we'll see. And moving on to that, we'll talk about the Super Bowl in a second, but we got the... Um, Next up, we have the NFC Championship game where you had pure Packer domination. Just pure Packer dominant. Not Packer. Bleh. Oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. Pure Packers getting dominated. The San Francisco 49ers. If you had told me Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo was going to have the day he had, I probably would have like made fun of you. Like It's like, oh yeah, there's no way they're going to win a game like that with Jimmy with the stats he had. Um, and also, too, it was the first quarter, sure, they went up 7-0, but it was just the Robbie Gold field goal, the mo- another, the second Mostert touchdown, another field goal, another Mostert touchdown. When you're up 27-0 at the half, and also, too, the two touchdown drives that they did have to bring it within there, and also, too, the um, Sternberger touchdown for the Green Bay Packers, I thought it was just too little too late. You burned way too much time off the clock. That's the one big thing last year that bit the Kansas City Chiefs in the ass, is even though, sure, they're making those dynamic plays, they've gotten a lot better their clock management as the season's gone on. That's just the one thing I want to throw out there. Um, but no, all in all of this game, you know what? This Packer team right here is, it's just the whole what's next step for them. That's what I want to say. It's that next, that next step. It's where do they go from here? Because next year they're in a division where we, we, I'm pretty sure Detroit's going to be bad. Minnesota is probably going to be right back in there in that mix. And you don't know what the Chicago Bears are going to be. Like for all we know, Chicago could have a, like, could, could, could. Now, before people start to get mad at me, they could have a year where, you know what, they have another 12-4 season, and they're in the NFC North title conversation. They they easily could. Um, the Green Bay Packers, they need to get a weapon. They need defensive line help. Like, good Lord. Like, just what? And also, too, for people saying with this game, too, oh, um, where was George Kittle this game? Dude, you're a tight end. Your job responsibilities are to catch and block. You know what George Kittle does better? 
George, like as good as the Titans Travis Kelsey is, George Kittle opens holes for the running game. Like that's the thing with even though Kansas City, I think Kansas City needs that dominant running style. I was like, sure, Damian Williams, not cutting off Damian Williams at all, but you know what? They need that Kareem Hunt style playmaker back. That's just me. That's just me with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I'm not bashing the Chiefs. I'm just pointing it out. Like, too, with Green Bay. You know what? You're not going to win with just Devontae Adams making catches. We saw it this year. Look at look at New England. They didn't win with just Julian Edelman. They didn't win uh, with... They didn't win, like, with there. Buffalo didn't win with just, like, with John Brown and Cole Beasley. Like, that's one thing we know, too. The Buffalo Bills need receiving depth. You gotta get receiving depth too, and also the other thing too is with the Green Bay Packers. I don't know what they're gonna do with their offensive line because you. Uh... Sorry, I guess I have a quick text message, but if um, if David Bakhtiari is gone, that's a big hole to fill on your. Oh, not David Bakhtiari, uh, Brian Balaga. If Balaga leaves, that's a big hole and gap to fill on your offensive line. Um, you've got a running game with Aaron Jones. You've got tight ends with Jimmy Graham and Steenberger. You need some passing. You can't just rely on Devontae Adams. And also, do as good as Valdez Scantling can be. That's the thing. He can be good. You need someone who's going to be good. So if I'm the Green Bay Packers in this draft, I'm looking at either adding a receiver or adding offensive line help. And also, to eventually you're going to end, you know what? Defensively, they're good. They just got to take that next step to get better. And also, too, I'll talk about the Tennessee Titans in a second, but that's just my two cents on the Green Bay Packers. But you know what? This game was just too little too late. It's like I just all my feelings were correct. Also, too, I was the one who got the Super Bowl matchup right out of Matt. Uh, not Matt. Alex, Phil, and I. Alex had 40. He had Packers, Chiefs. Phil had 49ers, Titans. I had Chiefs, Titans. Uh, Chiefs, not Chiefs, Titans. Bleh. Chiefs, 49ers. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. As for the Tennessee Titans... Um, they're in a bit of a pickle right now because they gotta pay Derrick Henry and they gotta pay Tannehill too. Which, if I'm them, I've heard a lot of people say this, and I've heard a lot of people rebuttal against it. For as good as Derrick Henry is, I think you gotta pay Ryan Tannehill, even if you tag him. He's probably gonna get the franchise tag. Which I want to look that up right now just to see what his tag would be. And for anybody questioning me, I don't like. I'm not a cap guy where I. Ooh, here's this right here, Roto, courtesy of Roto Baller. I do my research on the fly because I do not have a research analyst until there. He's making a base salary of seven million right now. Uh, the franchise tag for it's going to be just under twenty-seven million. Which, with all that being said, um, you need to, what is he worth the money? I don't know. You know what? He had a good run. He had a good stretch. But at the same time, too, you've got Marcus Mariota. But at the same time, too, running backs are an easily change. It's an e- it's an easy position to replace. Sure, it's not easy in the sense of, hey, you're not going to go out there and just grab another Derrick Henry. Like, if you're the Saints, too, and if, I doubt he leaves. But um, you can't just go out there and grab another Alvin Kamara. If you're the Panthers, you can't just go, oh, Christian, we're not going to pay you. You go wherever you want. We're not going to get someone like you. That was like the thing with Luke Keekley too, we're making the point of last week, where it was, you know what? You're not, you, you can replace Luke Keekley sure, but you're not going to replace the talent production. You're not going to replace the skill level. There's a lot of factors in there with the whole Luke Keekley thing. You're just not going to replace. That's... It's not me being like, oh, oh they're not going to do it. No, it's just common sense. That, that, that's just me. But for the Tennessee Titans, too, um, the one thing that I saw here was just, you know what, the Kansas City Chiefs, Jesus Christ, the fact that they were able, able to hold Derrick Henry to less than 100 yards rushing on that, that gate, they shut him down. Like, the most I saw him get was, like, only a couple. And honestly, too, I was, you know, I said last Sunday, you know what, I said, not last Sunday, I said this about last Sunday going into it. 
hey, for once, it may not be good to have that stress, to have that pressure to win, to go. Because in all honesty, too, and I will admit this, losing the losing a championship Sunday stings more than losing a Super Bowl. Because in the case of the Super Bowl, you've made it. You're there. It still sucks if your team's not the one hosting the Lombardi Trophy. But you know what? It's still, like, it's that satisfaction of you were there. That's all i got to say. With the AFC Championship game, usually a lot of teams get pushed off to the side. Like, look, the Jacksonville Jaguars are one of the most obscure teams in the NFL. Again, they were a, they were a bad call. I'll admit it was a bad call on Miles Jack away from going to the Super Bowl that year. They had the Patriots. They had us on the ropes. There's no way There's no way around that. They, like, they had the Patriots on the ropes. And imagine if Jacksonville played Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. I think the Eagles kicked their ass, personally. That's just me. Because, look, the Eagles had nothing to lose that year. The Eagles were just, you know what? It's us against the world. And it worked for them. But, yeah, that's just my one thing about the Tennessee Titans, too. I don't know what else they need. Like, looking at positions, they've got a good offensive line. They've got weapons. They've got a running game. That's the only thing, too, is now it's now it's that ultimate million-dollar decision of them of who to pay. Do you give the money to Tannehill and do you roll with Mariota? Or, do you like, or yeah, like, so basically, yeah, do you keep Marcus Mariota or do you keep Ryan Tannehill? If I'm them, I'm keeping Tannehill because I think Marcus Mariota can possibly compete for a starting job somewhere else because I don't think he's going to stay in Tennessee with the whole perspective of, hey, you may start. But I don't know. There's a team in your division, the Colts, who aren't 100% um, set on Jacoby Brissett, which I'm just going to spitball this right now. If I'm them, you know what? You offer a quick contract to Phillip Rivers because Phillip Rivers is not going to be making a lot of money. No team is going to be paying him the what's worth of a new quarterback because we all know Mahomes is getting 40. Dak Prescott's not getting anywhere near that. So if Rivers can go in somewhere and accept, you know what, hey, I'm a bridge guy, it'll work in his favor. That's all I got to say. And even too, like with Mariota, I saw some, I was Big Rat tweeting about it saying, oh, Mariota would be a great fit in the Patriots. I don't personally want if I, We'll talk about the Tom Brady replacement stuff later, but there's many quarterbacks who can replace him. Uh, you know what? I do not, tr- I trust having, I'd rather have Tom Brady than Marcus Mariota on my team. Even though Mar- Tom Brady's older and going to want to get paid, you know what? He deserves it. There's all those years where Tom Brady was told, you know what, hey, restructure your contract. There's a dog barking. You know, you're the, the dogs are going wild in my neighborhood right now. But um, if you're Tom Brady, you know what? It was all those years of, hey, you take the cheap money so that we can build around you. Now they got to pay him and build around him. Personally, I don't know who exactly on the top of my head the free agent. You know what? Let's Google it. Let's do this. Let's 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 go to the Google machine. Let's see who free agent wide receivers are. Okay, we got Amari Cooper. We got Robbie Anderson. We got Emmanuel Sanders, AJ Green, Devin Funchess, Rashard Perryman, and Randall Cobb. From that list, the only people I would wa- would consider are the top three. But most importantly, Amari Cooper. But I'm already hearing rumblings that the Saints are going after Amari Cooper. Um, I feel like with... And also, to thank the Lord this year's draft for wide receiving class. Oh, my God. C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, um, T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson, uh, Henry Ruggins from Alabama. Personally, I think C.D. Lamb... C.D. Lamb's the best wide receiver in that draft class. He's going to go probably top 12, I'd say. Uh, Judy probably fall right in behind because looking at the top 10... They're like the Bengals. Like they, they have some talent. They got Tyler Boyd. They still have AJ Green, who I he could. For all we know, AJ Green could still be a Bengal. 
Uh, then you got the Redskins, who, yeah, they could use someone. But you know what? They have Sims. They've got, I'm trying to think of who else they have, but I don't know. Uh, the Lions have Marvin Jones Jr. and Kenny Galladay. Um, the Giants have Sterling Shepard, but they got to add to him. But the Giants need offensive line and any defensive help they can afford to get. The fifth pick, I do not know who the fifth pick in the draft is. Let's look this up as well. NFL. I'm sorry I'm doing so much research on the five. You know what? It's just me vamping. I'm trying to go on long as long as I can. Here's Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft. So you got Burrow going to Bengals. You got Chase Young going to the Skins. You got Jeff Okuda, this cornerback from Detroit, which you know what? Detroit needs defensive help a lot. You have Darius Slay back there, but then you also have a few other people of choice. Uh, yeah, and then you was also too, you have Mackay Becton going up from Louisville going to the Giants because you know what? Pass protection for the Giants is really bad. That offensive line's a turnstile, and as much as I love them on the Patriots, they overpaid for Nate Solder, and they're they're wreaking what they sow. Um, or reap what you sow, excuse me. Uh, pick five, two are going to Miami, which will, you know what, I that's a possibility, but also two, it would not shock me if the Carolina Panthers trade up to get Tua, because I think in a Matt Rule, Joe Brady run system, Tua's got room to succeed. With Miami, I'm, trying, I'm drawing a blank on who their OC is going to be, but yeah. And also two, um... Ooh, here's the other next one. Jedrick Wills going to the um, L.A. Chargers. Derek Brown going offensive tackle, going to the Chargers. Defensive tackle going to the Panthers. Because, like, those are two teams that need it. That's, all, that's my other reason, too. Brady going to the Chargers would be like LeBron coming out and saying, you know what, I'd rather go to the Clippers. I think if the Rams were in a quarterback situation, I'd believe more or less. Because even that SoFi Stadium, that's the Rams stadium. I do not see that as the Chargers stadium. You know what, it's like the Chargers are the tenants and the Rams are the land. That's just me. Um, you got, yeah, the Cardinals need offensive line help, which whew, I could go on all day about the Cardinals needing offensive line help. Jesus Christ, we don't need another Deshaun Watson situation. And by that, people are going to go, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? What I mean by that is the Houston Texans offensive line is horrible. They don't even have Laramie Tunsil locked up. It's just a one-year thing. Probably don't Laramie Tunsil goes to a team, makes his money. And unfortunately, day and age two at the NFL... We don't know. I don't know what happened. This offseason, I think, is going to be one of the biggest shit shows in sense of we don't know what's going to happen in a long time. There's a lot of high-profile names out there who are free agents. And also, to um, back to the Amari Cooper point and Dak Prescott point, Jerry's got to realize, too, hey, do I want to pay both guys money that they should be getting, or do I want to overpay for Dak and let Cooper walk? If they let Cooper walk, that's not a good... Like, you're not going to want to just Dak and Zeke. Amari Cooper's another one of those players. You're not going to replace him. Like, Oakland, sure, Oakland, Oakland, we'll just call them the Raiders for now because it's officially not until March 13th when the new league year starts that the Oakland Raiders become the Vegas Raiders. Um, and then eventually these boys are walking across the stage in Caesar's Palace and walking that red carpet. Too. Let's talk about that for a second. I'm just going to keep going off chart because you know what? That is awesome. That they get to walk across the Bellagio Fountain on the red carpet. I don't know, like... Just to see that's gonna would be cool. Um, I would love to be in Vegas for the draft, but I was looking at hotel prices today, and whoo-hoo, that's a lot of money to stay on the strip. Maybe I get an Airbnb. But also, too, let me do Google Flights quickly for that. But at the same time, too, I'd love to be in, a, uh, in Vegas for the draft, but I doubt I'll be there. Because like I say, money's an issue, and guess what? I am not rich. And if I take vacation, I don't know if I want to go back to Las Vegas so soon as I was there in 20... I was there in 2018, late 2018, too. So let's see. To so fly in on the Thursday and leave on the Sunday. Okay, if I were to, the best cheapest flight to leave is me leaving. 
uh, <laughs> Thursday night, which is like, I by the time I get there, the draft's over. By the time I get there, it's 10 o'clock at night. So it's like, that's not like, like what I'm looking for. Yeah, and even to like, yeah. Oh, there's no good options. I'd have to fly out Wednesday night. Um, but you know what? That's, that's all I got to say about that. But you know what? I know I'm, I'm going all over the place. I'm talking about the draft. I'm talking about this Sunday. I'm just going into what I think teams need. Because I'm just looking at myself, too. A little bit of a look ahead. What do they need? I want to save the look back at the season for when I got more people on here. Now we got a Super Bowl to talk about. We got the Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers. Um... It's going to be weird to watch a non-Patriot Super Bowl because, let's be honest, in the last five years, there's only been one other Super Bowl, not to mention, not to feature the New England Patriots, and that was the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers. Okay, whoops, I clicked on the um, NBA score. I'm going to try to see the NFL because I want to see what the spread and the over-under is. So the spread opens up at a one-and-a-half point favorite to the Kansas City Chiefs, and the over-under is 54. I don't think either team covers. I personally am going with San Francisco, and like I saw in a meme... That it's like, oh, Patriot fans watching Jimmy Garoppolo in the Super Bowl. And also, too, like I heard today on first take. Us trading away Garoppolo was not a mistake. Because, look, we weren't going to invest $50 million into our quarterbacks. That's just stupid. You don't have anything else. You don't have anything to pay anyone else. It's like the Panthers going out there and paying Sergei Bobrovsky is $10 million. He's just not going to be, you're not going to be able to bring in anyone else for a big money contract. Unless their cap situation is different. You know what? This is not a hockey podcast. As much as I would love to be a hockey podcast, I'm not one. Like I've told people before, this is a football podcast. That's what this is. This is football. I'm here right now in the flesh talking football with all of you. As for this game, you know what? It can go either way. I... Kansas City's got a good shot to win it. San Francisco's got a good shot to win it. Both their fan bases right now think they're going to win. That's the Super Bowl. Who goes in the Super Bowl thinking we're going to lose? I, I, the only time I think that I thought the Pats were like a surefire bet to win was 2007 against the Giants. And look what happened there. We lost. A Super Bowl that was coming into like, you know what? The Patriots are going to win it. They're all good. They're all fine and dandy. It didn't happen. It just didn't. And unfortunately, that's why I have a hatred for the New York Giants. And if they do bad, I'm not mad. No. But I look at all the... Now that I'm like paying more attention to football, now that I have this podcast, you know what? I'm looking at all these teams and seeing, hey, this is what they need to do. And also, too, because I know Giants fans, and I see them complaining about this every single game. They need offensive line help. They need a defense. They need a new defensive coordinator. You need to add another weapon, too, because Sterling Shepard is injury-prone. And, like, as much as to you uh, love for them to get one of the top receivers, they need offensive line help. And, two, they need someone to compliment Saquon Barkley. And also, to another uh, tight end, I want to keep Evan Ingram on. It's just the guy's injury-prone. Like, he had the one foot problem, and he was done for the year. And also in the other years too, I'm pretty sure he's either up or down, like his production numbers. But he's a great he's a great guy to have in fantasy. As long as he's healthy, it's good to have him. Um, I'm excited for them too to see what else happens in year two with Daniel Jones. Uh, but as I talk about the Giants, you know, let's look at let's look at the rest of the NFC. Um, Giants, I don't have a high ceiling for them. I think their their ceiling is winning six games. 
in 2020. Um, that's just because, too, they, they're, sure, they're in the crapshoot division, but you know what? There's not a lot of hope for the New York Giants until they start, unless they go out there and shock the world in 2020. Eli Manning's gone, we all know that, or more than likely, unless John, unless John Mara is afraid to pull that band-aid away, which people are comparing that, like, for Patriot fans with Brady. Yeah, no, I don't want to see the guy go, but you know what? Manning, it's one of those things, you just got to put the guy out of his misery. Like, you know he's there. But here's the thing, too, with him, I think it's either he's back with the Giants or he's retired. I don't think he goes anywhere else unless he's guaranteed to start. That's the only thing. And also, too, like, and I've seen people do this argument, too. Oh, just rip the Brady Band-Aid off. Brady's still got more in the tank. With the lackluster offense we had this year, even though we went 4-5 and five down the stretch, or actually, uh, not 4-5, and five. that's including playoffs. Uh, we finished 12-4 and four. after going 8-0. and oh, We went 4-4. Four and four. Play 500 ball. If we have a schedule that easy again next year, what's stopping us from going twelve and four? We add a couple weapons in. We, you know what? There's a. I, I can do a whole podcast about the Patriots. That's all I gotta say. Just because like I'm getting into Twitter arguments about it. But the one big thing too with the NFC East, you don't know what's gonna be. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, another team, they need a receiver. Um, the Dallas Cowboys need, I would say, secondary. Yeah, if I had to guess for the Dallas Cowboys, they need secondary help because they have they have a Woozie, they have Heath, um, I think they have they actually have an Xavier Woods, because um, Xavier Woods is that awful corner on Minnesota. Um, the Dallas Cowboys need either another linebacker to complement Vander Esch, or um, or or corner or defensive back help. That's what the Cowboys need. Like they're good for running game, they're good for quarterback. They got a good offensive line. Uh, tight end's another spot, too, because uh, you, we don't know what's going on with Jason Witten. For all we know, Jason Witten could be back. He may not be. It's, it's just a mystery to be solved. But you know what, too? There's always going to be that same pressure on the Dallas Cowboys from their fans and also, too, from the ownership to win. Because why? The last time they were in a championship game, I was two. I'm 26 now. That's 24 years ago. Think about that. Like, that's why I was happy, too, for the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Lamar Hunt Trophy. The fact that they hadn't been to a Super Bowl since Super Bowl Four, Like, they hadn't played. And also, too, before last year, the last AFC Championship game was in 93. I was a month. One month old. Now they've been two straight. Now they got... And for as good of, and, and for as explosive Lamar Jackson is, Jesus Christ, Patrick Mahomes is something special. His girlfriend and his brother? That's another topic. I don't even want to get into that because those two just make me angry. Just his athleticism is unbelievable. And you know, too, if, if Kansas City goes... In, uh, this is also the other point I want to make, too. Last year, I knew it wasn't all sunshine and lollipops, even though they made the illusion of it was. Look at Baltimore this year. Baltimore, 14-2, and two, losing week three and week four, not losing again until the divisional round. This year, people doubted Kansas City, too. Why? Patrick Mahomes gets hurt halfway through the season. He had the dislocated knee. Then they uh, won Denver, because Denver played awful. And then they... Barely, they just, Matt Moore helped keep them in line against the Packers. They beat the Vi- like the loss of the Packers, and they beat the Vikings, and then they lost to the Titans. But you know what, after that, they've been rolling. Their defense is clicking. They're looking good. That's the way I look at it. That's all I want to say. Just, yeah, I just wanted to throw out there, too. You know what, I was, I just want to, it just feels good when you get to prove yourself right. And into the fact, too, that, you know what, I was right about Patrick Mahomes. I was right about the Kansas City Chiefs. Why? Because in football, it's that one sport you gotta get punched in the mouth 
In order to succeed, think about it. They have that sour taste in that mouth. Even going into the AFC Championship game. Imagine if Baltimore had steamrolled Tennessee and was hosting Kansas City. Kansas City's going over that taste of, you know what, we know what it is to be here, and we know what it feels like to lose at this point. Baltimore was just, oh, you know what, we're all good, we're, and then they're rusty, and then... That's why I think next year, too, we're not shocking that the Baltimore Ravens are in Tampa Bay for the Super Bowl. That's all i got to say. And also, too, for now, the only three teams I can see potentially going is New England, Kansas City, and Baltimore. Those are the only three teams in the AFC I see have a chance. I think it's going to be one of those three representing um, the AFC in Tampa next year. And also, too, with the uh, NFC East, the Washington Redskins, um, they need defensive help. They, they need a lot of help. I think for them, you know what, if they win five games next year, it's an improvement. I think you still got to build. You're going to have Ron Rivera in there. Next year is a growing year. It's going to be like what happened in Cam Newton's rookie year where, you know what, not everything's there, not everything's in place, but at the same time, too, you know that, hey, we're moving in the right direction. It took a few years, but you know what, they, Carolina's been to a Super Bowl. They may not have won. The game may have been ugly, but they got there and they had a 15-1 and season. Um, also, the way looking at two with football next year, both, both West teams, both of them, can be, well, maybe the best divisions of football. The Rams are probably going to be back, barring injuries or seeing what happens with them in the offseason. Uh, the 49ers are going to be right there in the thick of things. And also, too, I don't want to give my official Super Bowl prediction yet because I'm going to save that for next week. Because that's more of a Super Bowl talk. That was This was just a quick look at the game. It's just one of those things, like I said, anyone can win. I know I'm going all over the place like I do in a normal YouTube video. But you know what? You're going to listen and you're going to pay attention. And you're going to listen closely. Um, the other big thing with the um, and with the NFC West is like, look, also too, you're going to have Seattle right in the thick of things. You're going to have... For all we know, look, the Cardinals are another weapon... And a good offensive line away from being a dark horse. I'm not saying they're a Super Bowl dark horse. I'm saying they're a dark horse from making a run at being in the hunt. That same Cardinals team this year won five games. I don't think anyone expected Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray to do anything. This team has a good draft. You know what? They add either an offensive line in. That's the other thing, too, because Jesus Christ, that offensive line for the Arizona Cardinals is bad. But for some reason, I don't know what it is. You know when you see a team and you're like, you know what? I, I wouldn't mind seeing them succeed. That's how I look at the Arizona Cardinals. But next year when they come into Gillette Stadium, I want to lay a dog beating on them. Not a dog beating. That's a fucking horrible thing for me to say. Sorry. Get that dog shit kicked out of them. That's what I meant to say. I do not know where the dog beating came from. I'm not I'm not that kind of person. I love animals. I love my dogs. Um, Arizona just needs a few pieces because, like, look... They went into Seattle and beat them. They got Kenyon Drake running like a madman. You got Kyler Murray, who's a really good quarterback. You've got Larry Fitzgerald, who can still make plays. You've got Christian Kirk. Um, yeah, they need help at tight end. They need offensive line help. And I think they're a pass rusher two away. Because, look, you got Chandler Jones. You add another pass rusher in there, or you add a linebacker in there? They already got Buda Baker and Patrick Peterson on that defense, and Chandler Jones. So like what I'm saying. I'm not out here advocating, hey, it's going to be Arizona versus Baltimore in the Super Bowl next year. I'm just saying 
the Cardinals are going in the right direction. Like, I know they had a really bad 2018. 2019 was an okay season for them. What's stopping them in 2020 from actually maybe doing something? I, I don't know. It's literally, they're the team where they, they control their own destiny. They can go out there next year and play great and surprise a lot of teams and shock the world. And also because, um, look at San Francisco, 4-12. and They're in the Super Bowl right now, 13-3 and record. So that's all i got to say, too. And also, I was just going to say the NFC West as well, because we don't know what the quarterbacking situation is going to be out there, too. They also need to add offensive line help, because they got some weapons, but you know what they also need? They do need help with that secondary. Sure, you got Derwin James. Is uh, Desmond? I think it's Desmond King and Adrian Phillips. They're okay. Uh, they got a good front seven. They got Thomas Davis. They've got uh, Bosa, and they've got Ingram. They can tweak that defense a little bit out of the offensive line. And also, too, I do. Th- part of me thinks Melvin Gordon is going to go because he's going to want more money. And also, too, they can. I think they can run well with Austin Eckler. That's just me. And also, too, you've got Derek Watt back there without a fullback. That's all I'm going to say. So, if the Chargers can get the quarterbacking situation figured out, and also, too, the Chargers, if Fortune went their way this year and they won a lot of those close games. There's a very good chance they're either in the playoffs or they're just on the outside looking in and not picking seventh in this year's draft. I think the the I was supposed to say the Cardinals, the Chargers. C's. I'm getting my C's mixed up here. The Los Angeles Chargers moving into a new stadium. Part of me, I just don't want to believe the rumors and the smoke of Brady potentially going there. I know you want to go to LA, but it just it's like what I said before. I think that the Chargers are still going to be the little brother. Of the Los Angeles football teams. It'll be the Rams that are the big brother. It's not like Jets and Giants is just because they've always shared. I just see this as a big brother, little brother situation. Like, look, one moves to LA, one moves into a 90,000 seat Coliseum. One moves to LA, one moves into a 30,000 seat soccer stadium where the LA Galaxy play and now the LA Wildcats. Which I guarantee you there'll be more Wildcat fans in LA than there will be Charger fans. But yeah, that's the thing with there. And also, too, you don't know what the Raiders are going to be next year. You think Mike Mayock's going to Mike Mayock's going into a new stadium? He's going to want to make improvements. He's going to want to say to Vegas, "Hey, look." And also, too, I think there's pressure on him because look at what the Las Vegas Golden Knights, the Golden Knights, first year in the league, everyone's like, "Oh, this is cute. We got Las Vegas. They made it to the Cup final." First year. I'm not saying that the Raiders have to go out there and make noise and make it to a cup, but you know what? You go out there and you're an exciting team. You're going to get the fans interested. You're going to get the fans hooked. Because otherwise, you know what? You're in a destination city. And who doesn't like visiting Las Vegas for a weekend? You're going to be overrun with away fans. You do not want that black stadium painted with other colors. you got the Saints coming in this year. You've got, I think the Buffalo Bills are going in this year. Um, you've got, like, these teams coming in who, like, those two teams are there. They travel well. The Bills took over Houston. You don't think the Bills are going to come on over and take Vegas. They're going to be jumping through tables in the, on the Las Vegas Strip. And then you got the Denver Broncos, who very well could be primed for a playoff spot next year. Drew Locke, looking good. Noah Fant looked really good. Phillip Lindsay's looking good. Cortland Sutton, oh my god, that was a great waiver wire pickup that I had in fantasy this year. The only thing with the Denver Broncos is, you know what, they just got to add to that defensive core, because they have lost a lot of pieces since they had that really good defense back in the 2015 season. And also, too, they do need some offensive line work. So if they can fix those two things, and also, you know what, add a complimentary piece to Cortland Sutton, because Cortland Sutton's going to be getting doubled a lot next year. That's the thing about football. The season's so far away, 
we don't know what's going to happen. And it's it's a guessing game. But you know what? It's the thing I love about this game, how you can just talk about it, how you can just think and guess. So that's all. So yeah, I'm just going to look at the NFC East and the West. But also, too, one other thing I want to bring up. Was Jimmy Garoppolo tearing his ACL last year a blessing in disguise for the San Francisco 49ers? Because I think if he doesn't tear his ACL, they don't get Nick Bosa. They do not get Debo Samuel. Look, second overall pick. For all we know, Debo uh, Nick Bosa could have gone to like the Detroit Lions or the New York. Uh, who had the third pick in the draft last year? Because Kyler Murray went one to Arizona, but we all knew that was happening. San Francisco got Bosa. Uh, let me look it up. I, I, I'm drawing a blank as to who picked third last year in the NFL draft. I keep doing that to where I turn cap locks on. Um, bear with me. Bear with me. Oh, I think it was Quinn and Williams of the Jets, which actually thank thank you thank you uh, San Francisco for uh, what happened to yeah Quinn and Williams and then Cleveland Farrell, which was the shocker, and then Devin White and then the Daniel Jones pick. The biggest shock to the system. You know what? Quinn Williams going to the Jets because Quinn Williams didn't have a good rookie year. Nick Bolts on the Jets. <laughs> I'm scared. I would be scared. So, you know what? Thank you. But I just wanted to bring that point up. Like, part of me thinks that, you know what? San Francisco is still a good team last year, but they're not like this monster juggernaut that they are this year if it weren't for Garoppolo tearing his ACL. That's, that's the only point I wanted to get across. Because the way you look at it and the way you see everything... For as good as Jimmy is, you don't exactly know what's going to happen. Last year, they probably make the playoffs. And you know what? They probably get punched in the mouth. And then they just go out there and pick up some pieces. Because credit to John Lynch and credit to Kyle Shanahan. They're looking really good. So, yeah. In essence, we had two championship Sundays. One game was a blowout. One game was just one team was better than the other. And also, too, I want to mention one quick thing about Tom Brady. Him taking free agent calls, and also, too, I've been, I'll probably be asked this, will you still be a Pats fan on Brady if he leaves? Of course. I'm not going to jump ship. I'm still going to root for the guy. I, I love the guy. He is the reason why I'm a fan of this game. Love him or hate him, you got to respect the man for six ranks. Like I say, 20, 30 years from now, when I got kids of my own, and they ask me, like, hey, how'd you become an NFL fan? Like, you know, a lot of, for a lot of, Kids back in the 80s and stuff, who was the reason why they got in the hockey? Sidney Crosby. For me, that player was Matt Sundin, but also, too, the reason one player that I've just gravitated toward and loved is Alexander Ovechkin. Tom Brady, for me, is that player where I can look back at, you know what, he's my favorite NFL player of all time. For me, he's my Joe Montana. He's my, for older generations, he's my Joe Namath. So, whether Tom goes or not, like, if Tom leaves... Phil and I, like, I will literally just be on here thanking him. I'm not going to hold any ill will towards the man unless he goes to, like, Miami or... He's not going to go to the Bills and he's not going to go to the Jets. Um, but if he goes to Miami, yeah, I'd be mad. But if he goes to, like, L.A. or if he goes to somewhere else, if I'll be sad. But you know what? I'm not going to go calling him a traitor. I'm not going to go calling him a snake. You know what? I'm going to thank him for his six Super Bowls and just all the years of memories, all the fun-ups, the downs that have occurred. I know they were little... But they were still down seasons, like the 10 years we went between. Remember, that's the one thing two people see. Oh, he won six Super Bowls. He won 10 years without winning one. He won one in 05. He didn't win another one until 2015. And I'm counting calendar year, not season. Like the 04 season to the 14 season. We should have won one more in between that. But you know what? We didn't. And there's not much I can do about it. 
So that's all I gotta say. It's just a quick thank you to Tom. I don't know what else you want me to do. If you want me to do something else, holler at me. Let me know. But yeah, that's just my sense on my random season previews, my quick look at the Super Bowl, which I'm not going to add on in a second. And also to the cool, very quick, I realized I was like under 10 minutes talking about the championship Sunday. But you know what? Chris Berman, fast. Chris Berman's highlight reel. Thank you. Shout out to Chris Berman. Um, but with the Super Bowl... There's, I already know kind of the direction. There's already the team I want to see, and I think I've made it a little bit clear. If I had to pick someone, I'll pick someone. I'm going to make that pick official. If you, I've laid some Easter eggs, but I'm going to make it official next week. When I'm back here, I'm going to try to get three to four people on this podcast with me to talk. We'll, we'll recap the season further, maybe do a little quick look ahead. And we'll talk about the Super Bowl. We'll talk about that big game. So ain't no way in hell you're going to get a Pro Bowl recap from me. I'm not watching the Pro Bowl. I could care less about the Pro Bowl. I'll turn it on Sunday and go, why the fuck am I watching the Pro Bowl? That's just me. And also, too, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I've been talking for 40 minutes. And you know what? When I'm by myself, it's really hard. It is really hard to come up with content on your own. That's why I like having people on this with me. Because, sure, I had episode one and Britain, which Britain will be back. Phil. Phil's been on two. He's been great. Alex has been on one. I'm just going to keep adding those numbers. And like I say, you want to be on this podcast or you want to contribute something, let me know. I'm going to try my best to go out there and get celebrity guests. And also, to, uh, that's, I, I, have a, I have a great outlook and great future towards with this podcast. But one of the biggest things I want to harp on, I'm just doing this because I love talking about this goddamn game. You know David Baker says, for those of us who love this game, that's me. I love this game. For as violent as it is, and just for as, as much to, oh my god, as much crap it can cause, and also to the emotions it brings out in you, at the end of the day, there's nothing but love. Love for this game. But also to the other thing I want to point out too with the Super Bowl, I'm going to be that Fairweather fan going, you know what? I'm not, at the end of the day, whoever wins, if it's San Francisco, if it's Kansas City, I just want to see a good game. I want to see two teams go out there and play. That's all I care. Give me a good game February 2nd. That's all I want. But anyway, guys, thank you very much for if you tuned in for all this time. Like this podcast. It's on SoundCloud. I've been having troubles getting it up to YouTube, but hopefully we'll see if this one can get it or not. But anyway, guys, for those of you listening, thank you very much. Next time I see you, we'll be looking up at the Super Bowl. Thank you, everybody, and I will see you guys episode six. I can't believe this. Six episodes in a month. Bye for now. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. 
do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. <laughs>